Welcome to Radio Perris, a podcast for bad bitches who love reggaeton. I'm Karen Oyd, and actually we have a very special co-host today. I'm so happy to be here, guys. Thank you so much. Um, tell, everyone, tell everyone who you are. So my name is Jenny Fox. Um, I'm just really happy to be here. I really love what you guys do, and I'm very aligned with that, and I'm so happy that my agent really... Um, you know, told you about us yeah yes. like, i'm just so happy like wow thanks so much for having me on here like i just can't wait to share more with you about my life and what i do of course if you hear something in the background it's really just my dog we're still recording in my house but real talk um this is jenny fox formerly known as jennifer fopez and i'm just so happy literally not like in a jokey way but really happy to be here coming to you live as jenny fox because I was so over Jennifer Fopez for a bit, actually. The pun was tired, um, and I felt like I really trimmed the fat, bitch. I got like a 360 lipo. She got a lipo. No yeah. no fat transfer here. No. We got rid of the fat. We just trimmed it all away, and we, <laughs> you know, we, we feel lighter and airier and just less on our shoulders. I feel like not only did my name as Jennifer Fopez get fucked up a lot in spelling, in pronunciation, in stylization, but it also, the pun flew pe- over people's heads all the time, which was like the whole point of the name was the pun. On top of that too, you know, I started Jennifer Fopez when I first started my DJ career, um, kind of wanting to be relatable and jokey and like a sense of whimsy, which is how I kind of approach my sets. But as I started to take myself more seriously, I really wanted something that represented not only my alter ego, but just a little more serious. Drop the joke and kind of... Drop the joke, Drop bitch. the joke, bitch. Drop, drop the, the joke. We ain't joking Yo, no more. I love that. Drop, drop the, joke. the joke. Okay, you guys, you must know behind the scenes, this is our fourth time trying to record this end of year episode. So we, we've got some white wine, some Pinot Grigio. <laughs> And some shots. And some shots. And some vapes. Shall we shall we cheers? Let's let's cheers. cheers. Um We're so sorry that we've been gone for so long. Our last episode was in October when we listened to the Bad Bunny album. And I haven't streamed it since. Wow. That you came really hard really fast at that. And, you know, that wasn't the point where, of where I was going, but I thought it was important for people to know. Yeah. No, no, no. That I haven't, yeah. I haven't streamed it at all. At, at all. I haven't even heard Monaco. Yeah. No, no, you're actually making a fantastic point and one that I feel we should touch on, um, if not later than now, because I also will agree with you. I have not streamed it. Not even Fina. <laughs> not even. None of it. None of it. Carrota. Cybertruck, I played it recently because Nicki Minaj came out with the everybody song which is um like jersey club mm-hmm. and um the sample the big sample but i played cyber truck after that no one moved no noise no it's like no one knew it yeah it's like they came to the hood and they're like who who is this which is like and we won't get into bad money because it's not a bad bunny no um thing but it when it when, when i tell you from our perspective doing the bad bunny shows and seeing the insanity, the collective insanity that ensued when we would play 
the um, Un Verano Sin Ti album. When I tell you, bitches was going crazy hearing Me Porto Bonito. Hearing Titi Me Pregunto. And to now play the new album, <laughs> not even a not even a little booty shake, not even a little anything, nothing. But um, but yeah. Then after after that episode, then I went to Mexico City for a month for my birthday. Jenny went down there to visit me, and then we got back. And I've just been like working so much, and so this is the time. It's a Merry Christmas, Happy New Year episode. You filthy animals. You filthy animals. What's your favorite Christmas movie? Oh my god. Um That's a great question. So I really like The Holiday with <sighs> sour cliche. Sorry. I like The Holiday with Kate Winslet and Cameron Diaz. I just think and it's, Jack a, it's Black. a cute movie. When Cameron Diaz goes into that little cottage in England, it's so cute. But <clears throat> I think honestly, I, and to even be more cliche about this, my favorite holiday movie has to be National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. I've never seen it. What? You should watch it after this. That was such... Even as a kid, I was like, this is some comedy gold here. Whatever they got going on is so good. Yeah, let's watch it. Um, I guess mine are a little cliche. Obviously, Home Alone, because I grew up with Home Alone. But last year, I rented <laughs> the the Grinch, like uh, Jim Carrey's The Grinch. Oh, okay, okay. And you rent it for, I think it's 48 hours. Mm-hmm. I watched it literally like consistently on loop like i really squeezed that 399 yeah out of that movie you made it work and it's it's really it really is iconic like jim carrey is a national treasure he bodied that role he really bodied and the body body. on that man the body on the grinch so i read somewhere that after jim carrey did the grinch and then following that he did another bodysuit role which was the cat in the hat which is my personal favorite jim carrey movie of all time stop really when i tell you as a kid i would force my mom to to rent cat in the hat not from blockbuster red box hollywood video <gasps> oh my god from hollywood video time after I love time after my sister time. used to work there that that's a bad bitch job that is a bad bitch and job. then i had a blockbuster near me um and I, what what did you find out about Jim Carrey? Oh my! Oh that after that he refused to do yeah. any more like prosthetic character mm-hmm. prosthetic um full body roles. Yeah, because apparently it was like an eight hour process Unbearable. to get into costume every time, and I can imagine it's probably terrible doing that. So I think that I think Cat in the Hat was the end. But thank you, Jim Carrey. Shout out Jim Carrey for Cat in the Hat because that really and the Grinch was that Christmas. really put me into my whole me era. Um, so we were in Mexico. We've talked about this so many fucking times, the amount of times we've recorded this episode. So I think for this, this time around, hopefully we're good. What's your one highlight? Okay. So, oh my God, there's just so many. Honestly, my one highlight is the, and I I could say all the producers that we saw in Mexico City, but really my one highlight Mm. was the night that we got went to that one bar and we got super fricked up and then we really? went to do karaoke oh and then my God. you slept over oh and then we very hungoverly got we walked and we tried to go to that one place to get mariscos but they were like being two bougie. hour wait and so we went somewhere else and it was delicious that was a nice night i'll say that my my highlight was i want to say it was my birthday mm-hmm 
um i had a, a dj gig it was an anniversary party for that event but it was also my birthday and they were recording it for youtube so it was giving boy the room my set was very drunken but i had some cool moments and then i had birthday sex later that night oh my god i forgot and it was amazing so thank you for your service i'd I'd say yeah that was definitely the highlight of the trip but you know always very thankful to be able to dj outside of the country or outside of the city it's always so fun and i also remember my last night there i remember texting you i was like i'm so done yeah i i want to go to the airport eight hours early just i'm so done but you were like one more look one more gig let's do it and it was at this place mr duck and everyone laughs at the name but I really wish you could have come with me because I ended up DJing in front of a thousand people. Dude, I, and it's, ner- it's nerve-wracking. And uh, I just I just love DJing in Mexico because they just they just get it. Like they get it on another level where here maybe you play a little cumbiaton and they're into it cuz it's cumbia, but they don't really understand the essence. The essence of it. Yeah. And then you'll play some like really dirty like perreo mexa and they like it because it's funny. But they don't like listen to it on rotation and that's that's who you encounter in mexico is people who these songs are on their playlists they're listening to vallecat they're listening to danny flow they're listening to yeri moa and so they get it yeah so that was a fun time and mexicans just yeah. have and mexico city specifically just has clubbing and partying on in an art form in an art form it's just so we went to we went to the famous rico club i feel like i could live in mexico city for two three months and go somewhere different every single weekend friday saturday sunday every single day thursday friday saturday sunday and still not go everywhere that i wanted to go because there are so many like clandestine little places that you would never even know were there like (laughs) like that place where a fight broke out Um, I'm talking about like the last time that we went to the last day that I was there, which was the Friday or the fight, the fight broke out. Yes. When the fight broke out at Tepito. But I'm talking about the last day that I was there, which is the Friday. And it was it was two, three, four DJs that were really prominently well known. You had Brenda, you had Maria Manuela, you had DJ Ranking, who, as Karen said in a previous iteration. I'll I'll say it again. Yeah, please. Listen, when you meet somebody that you only know on Instagram, first of all, the man doesn't follow me. You don't need to follow me. But he lied to my face and said that he was following me. And I'm like, you know you don't follow me. It's a it's a very odd situation when you see someone that you know you interact with on Instagram and they pretend not to know you. But then you Karen and I went out of our way to confront him and be to like, say oh, hello. introduce ourselves. Yeah, really. just say hello. And then he acted like brand new. He was so cocky, so full of himself. And at that point, I hadn't heard him DJ. But then that night, your last night when you went home to like pack and rest... We stayed and he did a back to back and it was amazing. Like yeah. he really is really good. Um, we got to see Brenda and listen, I love Brenda as a producer, not as a DJ babe. Well, maybe that it was a back to back. It's hard. A back to back. I don't is know. Hard. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. But from from his lives, I can tell that he does this with her a lot. Thank you. The Marie Manuela. Yeah, and it wasn't giving, but. Then we saw Zoot Suit, who you said on a previous um, take. Take, <laughs> tell tell everyone he was your well. I was gateway. Say, yeah, I mean, like honestly, to see Zoot Suit was so crazy because when when Karen was like, "Oh my God, you're never gonna guess who we're gonna see tomorrow." Like this is so 
random like he just is gonna play and I'm like who and she's like zoot zoot and that was very crazy to me because as a DJ you kind of you always are trying to find new music and for me before I kind of entered into the world of like alternative reggaeton or Latin club I was just stuck with what I had which was commercial reggaeton um and maybe like nail perreo but I found out about Zutsu, and Zutsu, no lie, was my gateway drug into everything alternative underground. Through him, I found Nafi. Through Nafi, I found other artists. Through those artists, I found further artists that they worked with, and so on and so forth. And you go who they're following, and they go, you know, whatever they're playing. And so for me to see Zutsu was crazy. And he was so, he was very sweet. He was very sweet. Yeah. His set was really good. There was just a lot. <laughs> there was just like a lot of Rao Alejandro, and I'm like, you're gay. <laughs> You're girly pop. Let him live his life. Yeah, him let him live his life. I just thought it was really funny that there was just like a lot of Rao Alejandro edits in his like hour and a half set. Um, and then we met Buba Dubs, which was insane. He, I love the way he opened his set. Do you remember? It was no. iconic. It was one of his songs. And it was like a super dramatic intro. How else would you do it? Yeah. I mean, he could have chosen to start with any other like big song. But the fact that he was like, no, bitches, it's me. Like, and I want you guys to know it's me. Do you know what I just remembered was (laughs) actually you just reminded me of your my first night literally in Mexico City with you. We went out to the Japan and. um, Oh, that was your first night. That was my first night in Mexico City. And we went to your gig at Japan. And I remember, so there's two floors to this club. And on the first floor, you have puro reggaeton. Second floor, you have way more like ravey, like experimental EDM. So what's funny, though, is that they booked Karen on the first floor, which I feel like they actually should have put you on the second floor. But on the first floor, you you were playing, starting off with reggaeton. It was very cute, very good, as always. Then you started getting into your alternative club yeah and it you got into like the 120s the 130s you know into the 140s and it was amazing obviously but i remember people kind of gathering around and they like didn't know what to do but they were into it because they were like watching you and they were like very present and and like interacting with your music but they didn't know what to do with it like they were like oh is this what we're doing right now and then on top of that (laughs) What really what what really brought me to like this whole thought was when the new girl that was supposed to follow oh, you. Oh yeah, came she on. didn't know what to do. You were I think I'm gonna say you were at like one thirty eight mm-hmm. and BPM. This girl did not know what to do. She kept on like hot cueing a reggaeton song yeah. to like ease it in. And she just let my whole song play out, yeah. Let the whole song play out and ease it in and I hate to say this. I'm not a hater. I mean, I can be, but I'm not trying to be a hater now. It didn't work. It fell flat. And as and she just, like, didn't know how to handle the trade-off. And, yeah, like, the reggaeton, she, like, did her whole reggaeton set. But it was just, it was so different from what you were doing. And I think people were surprised and intrigued. I love that. I like that you, you observed that when I'm playing... I look at the people for sure, and I'm like, ooh, are they feeling this? Like, maybe they're not feeling this. And I had a moment where I was like, okay, this is a little too experimental for the first floor. So I remember, like, mixing out of a track really quickly. Easing back, yeah. Yeah, like, easing back into something more, like, popular. But, you know, Japan has since closed 
indefinitely. Yeah, you told me, you told me. So I'm, I feel very grateful that I was able to play there because I think it's it had a different home. It moved. Like, we ended up at the new place, but it had a different home previously, and it was, like, really popping. So I feel really lucky that I was able to do that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, all in all, I had, like, eight gigs yeah and i remember I mean, beating myself up about it like yeah. I, I didn't have enough i didn't have enough but then when i think about it like eight gigs in 28 days or 35 i think it was more like 30 days well i i mean like that's actually pretty good the way that i look at it too is like you have so many people that we know that struggle just to get booked do you know much less and where- people who complain about not being booked <laughs> in certain places she's okay. also ugly well, um, that's neither here nor there. But what we'll <laughs> say is that, um, you know, people are struggling to get booked where they're from. One or two gigs, three gigs, four gigs. And you go to a new city and you, um, you know, be yourself yeah. up about eight gigs that were. And the last gig being a thousand people, that's not that was, nothing to yeah, sneer at. That's a thousand people. That's pretty great. <sighs> so that was fun. And now it's now it's almost Christmas time. So we're here to reflect on the year and look forward to the next. It's about to be 2024, bitches. So drop the joke and stand on business. Okay. But yeah, I'm very excited for the new year for all of our um, resolutions. You're going on a trip in January. Yeah. Actually, it was very cunty. I felt very cunty, extremely cunty to have people um, reach out to me to try and book me for January and for me to say, I'm actually not accepting any games for January. <laughs> it felt very like, oof, like, wow. Sorry. Sorry. I'm just unavailable. I really, I'm, I'm going to be on um, vacation for January. I'm, and you know, if you've listened to this podcast before, I think I've said multiple times where I've said, you know, I'm one of those girls that is always saying, I want to take a vacation and I never do. Well, I'm yeah, finally, true. finally doing that. And I'm really looking forward to it. I'm going to be in Mexico, but a different part of Mexico. I'm going to go from Guadalajara to Oaxaca. And I'm just excited to, again, have literally nothing to do. And then when I come back, I am excited to get back into DJing again. One thing that I've noticed um, that I really, it's something to think about when it comes to a lot of these um, monthly parties and, you know, being very constant in the scene. One thing that I think is of note is, for instance, when I was doing my Globe Daughter party, if you've been to my Globe Daughter party, it's every month at the California Clipper, but we took a huge break in November because I was out of town. So we did October and it was kind of a little lackluster. There just wasn't the same energy that had been present before in previous gigs and so took a break in november and then in december it 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 exploded it's the bi-monthly it's it exploded and people were in line and people had a great time the energy was different you know and it could even be something like it could be the same amount of people but because the energy is different it feels bigger and it feels more Mm -hmm. exciting and it feels more present and so there's something to be said and studied about removing yourself in a particular way from a scene for a while to make that desire or want the the supply and demand right exactly if you're always present and you're always doing something people are really like oh well we'll we'll be able to see her next month or we can see her um you know next week she's playing something here or, or whatever 
But if you remove that factor in a, in a yeah. specific way, in a, in a calculated way, it really says something about your next gig. Like, wow, when will she play next? We, we don't know. I definitely felt that um, excitement when I came back and I started posting about my Chicago gigs. Mm-hmm. I, I felt that energy, not just in the engagement uh, on social media, like people were excited about the gigs coming up, but in person, I also felt that too. I was also, to be honest, I was a little nervous to come back, but Pilsen has always been so welcoming to me and the people who have booked me have always been so supportive that I just had to ease myself back into it and and it's been great so far. December has been pretty busy for me. Um, so I'm definitely looking forward to playing with that a little bit like yeah. the the supply and demand i wish i was in a position where i could like say no to gigs which is funny because i've been telling you like okay all these gigs that you can't you can't say yes to like tell them if they want me because i'm still out here searching for a job but, yeah, yeah that makes two of us it also speaks a lot to um when you book someone and in their contract there's like a stipulation sometimes like if you book an out-of-town act there's like a stipulation where it's like please don't book any other acts for this person this week. Or if I book you for this, please make sure. Like, there was one or two in particular that I remember. A non-compete. Where, yeah, exactly. Where it's like, if I book you, do I, will, I do not want to see any other bookings for you this week. Because I want to make sure people know that they can only see you at what I'm doing this week. That happened to us, uh, surprisingly enough, in, <coughs> in Milwaukee. Um, we were doing an Agua de Rosas at our home venue, Cactus Club, and hopefully it's okay that I'm talking about this, but, I think it's fine. um, the co- <clears throat> coordinator of, the owner of Cactus Club, she was upset when she found out that we had booked, like, our Agua de Rosas was on the Saturday, mm-hmm. and we booked another DJ set on the Friday. Was it Pride or something? No, it wasn't Pride. It was just like a little after party in this in this hole-in-the-wall bar, right? With warm core. Oh, I know what you're talking and about. And it was called Espinas. And it was interesting. She sent us like a whole paragraph how she was upset. Like she was confused. She wanted to know like why we had booked another party when we were going to do our big party on Saturday. And we were like, babe, had nothing to do with... um with you or, or or how we feel about our party happening it was literally something we were invited to and we it was a pride after party so yes. it was pride fest and then that night we dj'd there mm-hmm. and then the next day it was gonna be agua de rosas or something and it, it led to a whole conversation about like wow we didn't really feel like that non-compete um apply to us because that's the word non-compete exactly like we didn't we didn't think that applied to us one because agua rosas was born in milwaukee (laughs) so it's like funny that it's like oh you can only do parties at cactus club that's crazy to me it's like someone saying you can only do parties at penny whistle it's like no like i'm from here like i should have the freedom to be able to do a party wherever i want yeah um but the gig that I did right when I came back, it was it was still Sag season. So I did a rave at Hidden Ideas and then I did like a Sag rave at Penny Whistle. So that was fun. 
But I was so happy to to, to play for people all the reggaeton that I brought with me. Like, yeah. hey guys, like I'm back and you know, better than ever. Like, listen to these new songs. And I had a lot of Christmas edits when I played at Simone's. Um, but the Chicago scene, I can definitely see how having a monthly party is just not the move anymore. Yeah, it makes me it makes me rethink a lot of Globetrotter, and that's why I'm taking a big break from Globetrotter. We won't be back until um, <clears throat> March. <clears throat> but um, even with Eden, I think a big thing of Eden too was that it you like you never knew when it was going to happen, and it, we have to catch it now. But what's crazy is like you know you're doing something right when you have haters and people were talking shit about Eden yeah and I think as upsetting as that is because that's your baby I think that's so exciting I want to tell the people out there that thank you for supporting me and if you don't suck my dick because it's like people have opinions about something that you made and standards that I guess I did not um you know yeah people talking shit about you people talking shit about you throwing eden at the metro on the north side it's like you should be celebrating i'm gonna tell you success i'm gonna tell you that you know and i'm not here to say that i and i know everything about party throwing because i will tell you the first i'll be the first person to say i'm new to this my first time throwing a party was in march of 20 no i threw perario in 2021 and then i my big first eden was 2022 in march so i've been doing this what maybe a year and some Mm. change um maybe two years so I just know from my experience and what I'll tell you is that from my experience, no matter what you do, unfortunately, and this is some bona fide advice from whoever is listening to this right now, there will always be someone that will go against you, that will always have something to say, that will always be negative about whatever you're doing. You could go above and beyond to make sure everything is perfect. You could think about security. You could think about prices. You could think about water. You could think about acts. You could think about accessibility. You could, doesn't matter. Something will always be said or mentioned negatively about what you do. And it's important, and this is me, even me, like, reminding myself this it's important to keep everything into perspective and to know you're never going to please anybody i mean you're never going to please everybody so just to make sure you're on the right path working honestly and genuinely ethically everything will fall into place that's it and that can be said about about a lot of things every every venture you can say that about reggaeton people are upset like that lawsuit that we were talking about on our on our like first take like yeah these um these these artists uh from where are they from actually jamaica jamaica they're upset that their rhythm was allegedly used by over 200 artists in popular reggaeton and and their argument is that it's copyright infringement when my opinion is like is it copyright infringement or is it you created the bare bones, the skeleton of this genre, and you're upset that other people have more success than you. Or you're upset that maybe other people know how to manipulate this music in a way that makes it successful. Because it what were you what was happening before that this rhythm was not And and that's what the judge is saying is like, aren't you monopolizing 
the genre when with this case excuse me when bad bunny's lawyer is like my client never said oh i'm going to purposefully use the fish market rhythm for my for your Barrosola, sola for yeah. for your la santa or like any of these other songs like, and i don't think daddy yankee had that in mind either when he made and, any of his songs and to be honest and i'm not really i'm not trying to be biased but for this song for this for the creator of this rhythm to go after literally one of the biggest reggaeton songs of all time which is despacito it feels to a certain extent i'm so sorry it does feel like a cash grab like you're taking advantage yeah i want it feels like opportunistic because where in what way despacito is so different it is so yes there is a drum pattern that is barely reminiscent of this rhythm but for you to say that this song is is completely completely came from this rhythm is is truly and don't get far us, removed and don't get us wrong like give credit where credit is due right. like if it if it turns out that there are there are some of the songs that did steal the rhythm then yeah let's pay these these guys out but I don't know what's going to happen with this case. I mean, the you, judge himself was like, I was a, I was a college. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, I was a DJ in college. Yeah. Like, how can you prove that this specific rhythm with the timbales and the, and, and the drums, like, how can you prove that that was like stolen from you? It's not like a Missy, the Missy Elliott thing where it was like very clear that they stole the like, it's very clear. I don't know. I, mean, I don't know. And if you listen to previous episodes of this podcast, you'll know that like we give credit where credit was due and we understand and acknowledge the history of reggaeton and its roots in Jamaica as well as Panama. And we would, and also it's black roots. So we would never ever deny that. But to to really take down a genre, its roots by one singular rhythm, it it, it just feels so far removed than, than what you could really imagine for, I think, for a genre. I think the only the only outcome here that I could see is a settlement with maybe a handful of the artists paying dues to to these people. Which at that point is it like a donation? Like <laughs> I think they have to get something. That's my point. Yeah. Is like they want to feel like they're being acknowledged for the work that they did. And they want to be compensated for the whatever legendary thing that they did. Well, I'm going to tell you right now. So give them a couple billion dollars. Give them a couple million dollars and let's call it a day. I'm going to tell you right now. Coming from a public relations perspective, I'm going to tell you something right now. Yeah, they can have their the, the rhythm and everything. But there is an, an art form, a culture, a marketing a public a public and commercialization of music that is also worth money and worth like i think employing into this um uh lawsuit is like yeah perhaps the rhythm okay let's say the benefit out the rhythm inspired people to create music on top of this drum beat mm-hmm. are we going to forego the commercialization through Puerto Rico that happened of reggaeton? Are we going to forego the art form that, and the lyrics, the lyricism, the 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 culture that ens- ensued following all of this? There is so much to be said about what culturally happened after that, that that that, that rhythm did not provide. There is so much about the art form that 
Panamanians and Puerto Ricans put on on top of that. Yeah. So really, where does that come in? But also, what what is their outcome? Like, what is their perfect outcome? Like, would they expect then that every reggaeton song that comes out anywhere in the world, that they would receive royalties on that? No. that's Because any reggaeton song that you make would have that drum pattern. You can be experimental with it, like Arca, like Rosalia, like Paul Marmota, even people like Relian in Chile. It's all going to have the same pattern because that's what reggaeton is. So if anything, I feel like maybe they should just be writing history books but even, where their name is like prominent. But even, but even when I was reading about it, mm-hmm, though, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like when I was reading about it, their name did come up. The fish market rhythm yeah. did come up. But even on top of that, Karen, like the the rhythm that flowed through Puerto Rico from Panama, from Jamaica, is not the same rhythm. It it, it, it changed. That, mm-hmm. You think about you think about like really old school reggae. You, you like want- DJ Sequas. Like like let, let's talk about DJ Sequas for a second. I was a little obsessed with him recently. Most of his stuff, I wouldn't even call it reggaeton. I'd call it more like perreo doble paso. Yeah. Or you think, I think about even like DJ Joe. Mm-hmm. And I feel like. DJ Blas. There is. Yes. Yes. The drum pattern. I mean, the drum pattern is there. But whatever was popular and commercialized and, and, and released is not the same thing. It's not. It's like. It's like. Um. Like a seamstress complaining about a beautiful garment that was made with this with uh, a thread that is a similar color or a specific sewing pattern. Yeah, that she started. Like, oh, I created the cross stitch, and these bitches are making money off and, my cross and stitch. Versace uses cross stitch. Yeah. So where's so, my money? So why isn't Versace I, I, money? I see the anger. I, I see why they want like retribution right i guess we'll see what happens i mean i'm excited to see what happens you know and then i also think about just to like also play the other side too i also think about when i think about rock and roll there is so much that gets attributed to elvis presley as being rock and roll fuck elvis when really you think about chuck berry yeah and and lil richard like these men were really and we've said this before like a lot of the best music came from black people and, and brown people. And I can see where it's like, no, yeah, actually, like, if they were to come forward, if they were alive today and they were to come forward <clears> with a lawsuit <throat> to sue whatever mm-hmm. the, you know, would, you know, marcate them as the kings of rock and roll, I could I could see that. And I would agree with that. What else has been happening in reggaeton? Lately, I feel like it's just like a lot of fodder, like... A lot of filler. distraction. There's like yeah. a lot of a filler, like these tiraeras that are happening between Anuel and Arcángel. To me personally, like when when Arcángel's tiraera came out, when he, I I said this on the last take. I was like, I don't know what happened. Maybe it was TikTok. Actually, yes. Let's say it was TikTok because I think you saw how when the holiday season came around. Alcángel's Feliz Navidad 3 was viral 
Because everyone was using the jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle motherfucker. Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle motherfucker. De nuevo papi, alcadándote lo que te toca. To a bunch of like Christmas themed content. Everyone was using it. And I think what Alcángel saw was like, oh, I'm really popular on TikTok right now with this song. What do I have in the vault? Like, who could I, What? where's Feliz Navidad Ocho? I think it's, we're at Nueve now. How can I build on this? Yeah, yeah. like, how can I capitalize on this? Yeah. How can I make some money? And it turns out that he had a tirada in the, in the, in the vault for Anuel. Who won? Since, since this, he, he released that. Anuel took a few days to respond. He responded. And then Anuel released a response in 24 hours. Come on, people. It's not about, it's not about talent. It's about marketing. People are so blind to this. Like, you don't think that the minute that Anuel released his tirada, he didn't go back in the studio uh, readying his response. He had that ready. That was part of his whole plan. And Anuel, I feel like he knew that. He was like, this motherfucker is coming after me because I have more streams. I have more money. I have more play. I'm known as the controversial queen of the scene. So and also on come top, on. and on top of that too, it it could be said that like oh, <clears throat> Anuel was so prepared to have his his tirada ready that he knew that Arcángel being best buddies with Bad Bunny at this point oh yeah and and to a certain extent knowing <laughs> to a certain extent knowing that Bad Bunny really brought back Arcángel in a new way. But no, Bad Bunny no does shade, that. Bad no Bunny shade, does that for everyone. No I, shade, no tea. Yeah. No shade, no tea at all. Yeah. No shade, no tea. Yeah. Like, like these, we we acknowledge that these artists are talented in their own right. But we can also say, yeah, they their careers, like Chencho, who I'm and who I love, were renewed by Bad Bunny, and we thank them for that. You know, we we love that they are brought back into the mainstream, and we can say too, maybe perhaps that you know Anuel knew that. And he had that prepared because he knew that him and Bad Bunny, you know, Bad Bunny and Anuel have never really gotten along. And They've he, worked together for sure. And he knew that if anyone was going to come after him, it was going to be like Angel. And he knew he had that in the vault. He was like, okay, well, if, if ever anyone who is friends of Bad Bunny want to come after me, oh, well, I'm ready. And I'm thinking of everybody. And so now there's this discourse. Well, I heard Anuel's tirada. And it was pretty weak. Aww. Um, I didn't hear Arcángel's rebuttal, and I didn't hear Anuel's other rebuttal to it. I think Tiraera, we've talked about this, we had a whole episode dedicated to this, to beefs. I think that culture of rap, and I'm saying that now, rap, like diss tracks in rap, super important. I love that people are creating this and continuing to create mm-hmm. them, but it was pretty boring. Like, I, I wasn't... I wasn't, or I, all of this, this entire Anuel versus Arcángel thing I will say that, is boring to me. I will say that apart from the chisme that you dropped in earlier. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Who was it? Arcángel saying something about a Dominican artist. And he oh, like okay. Girls. Okay, so he, so Arcángel in his diss track, well, in his Feliz Navidad stuff, he's played, he's dissed everyone. So while he was dissing Arca- uh, Anuel, he was also dissing Rochi RD, yes, who was yes, who yes, yes. like likes little girls and was on trial in in DR, and he got away with it because apparently you can pay for anything. But then I remember I breaking it down in that other take, and we were laughing so hard because he said 
¿A ti te gustan las mujeres con más mías que un avión de spirit? And so translated, it's like, Anuel, you like women who have more miles on them than a spirit aircraft. Which is like scary. But then we made a joke about how, uh, was it with you? No, it wasn't with you. So I was talking, yeah, to, talking about some other bitch. I, huh? was ta- <laughs> I was talking to my friend Jocelyn about it. And we were laughing because I was like, bitch, low key, he has a point. Because like these spirit airlines, they make two trips in one flight. Right. <laughs> like that's how many miles they got. Like they, they make two trips in one flight. So he had some good he had some good punchlines is what I'm trying to say. But I'm bored. I'm bored. Yeah. Like I want you. I don't know. Who's the tirada that I would be excited to see? Well, I don't know. Not even tirada. I, I want to say, too, that, like, the, the the scene is so boring right now and not, like, you know, we're really searching for something to, like, hold on to in terms of content that we had to sit through the fucking Bad Bunny and Kendall Jenner breakup. Like, who else saw that coming? Oh, my God. Yeah, Praise God. Did. God, we thank you yeah. for your fruitful Christmas label. Gift. For your fruitful labor, God, upon but- this this holiday season but it's over but i mean did we not also that coming first of all when kendall when when bad bunny dropped his album crickets from kendall jenner not even not even an acknowledgement as your no 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 no, no. what was with that cryptic post what's meant for me will simply come to me oh brother this guy stinks so annoying girl as if you couldn't get whatever the fuck you wanted if even if it wasn't meant for you even if it wasn't meant meant for you 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 have so much money yeah yeah i mean like it it really just truly brings it into perspective anyone who was on tiktok trying to break down like why are they dating what's what's really is it all about i'm telling you right now ain't nothing really to see more here than a tabloid relationship and this whole opportunistic breakup when everything mm-hmm. is boring, when Bad Bunny's album is not charting, when Bad Bunny is Apparently really, it was. Really? Well, when Bad Bunny is not charting in our place. Hearts. In our hearts, <laughs> in our minds. You know, when, when Bad Bunny isn't really making the noise that he is maybe perhaps used to making, neither is Kendall. It now, was a now, fail. It was now, a fail. We really have to what kind of up. What we kind have, of PR relationship is this? It was a failure. Because it didn't give him, it gave him more media coverage. It gave him. An How al- did it help Kendall? Well, it gave him an album to to really be like, oh, I don't really care what people say about me. I'm gonna do whatever I want and fuck and whoever I fuck want. Fuck whoever I want and ese totito. When really, when really, I feel like he's living his bisexual life and. I think if he really wants a PR relationship, he should just come forward and say that he's bisexual yeah. and admit to fucking Pedro Pascal. And listen, not not just because I'm gay and among the whole spectrum, like I'm bisexual and gay all of, all over the place. I will tell you right now, if Bad Bunny were to come out as bisexual and seeing in or sleeping with a, with a man, he will get even more support and respect. There is not a losing battle in that. Like Bad Bunny is someone who has championed himself as, you know, um, someone who is so comfortable with himself, doesn't give a fuck what people say, that if he were to be like, yeah, I'm bisexual and I'm fucking a man, it'd be like, oh, that's fucking hot. That's hot. I will say that of all the, the shots that were thrown, I did find it really funny when Anuel first 
took shots at Arcangel and was like, "Baby, are you are you bored by from from sucking on Bad Bunny's asshole? He's about to take you to that dealership that he rapped about oh to buy God. you that car, that like Mercedes. And now that you you're bored of eating his ass, now you're coming for me. Like, all right." And apparently Arcangel was like so scared that he has like a bunch of police around his home just in case, you know, Anuel comes through. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. That's that's funny to me. Um, I don't know about all that, but I will say that unfortunately the songs that really chart when it comes to Arcangel these days are those that are made with Bad Bunny. Like no one other than Yoshi... Which is honestly a hit. Honestly, I have no. Not, but it's crazy that I have not heard. They've a song recon- like, They've reconciled. Who? Arcangel and Joely Randy because uh, in, oh. one, in a TikTok I saw that one of his Feliz Navidad was a beef with Joely Randy. So I think this man. They don't even be doing anything. So I know they're so cute. Like they're, what? What, they're, what could Randy they're just ever party be? boys? Yeah, they just want to hang they out. They just like to party and do drugs and and perrear. Like why are we fighting? Um, other than Yoshi, yeah, nobody moved without Arcangel's album. I will say though that Yoshi carried that album because I have not heard a song like Yoshi in a long time. It's so good. It's so good. Like it, it, it's, it's, it's funny. It's whimsical. It's hot, and the beat, oh, it hits hard. It's so good. I haven't heard a song like that in a very long time. Like I will say, like that is on. I mean. You know, honestly, now that I'm saying it out loud, maybe it's because I'm a big Jolie Randy fan. I was going to say, like, ooh, it reminds me of Safaera. But it's because I... It does remind me of Safaera, but also because I just love Jolie Randy. They can do no wrong to me. And he knew what he was doing when he put when he put Jolie Randy on that song. Of come course. on. Come on. Money. This is all about PR. It's all about money. Because what's happening in the scene right now? You made a great point. It's kind of boring. Yeah. Like... That's, well, I did. That's, that's I, why Bad Bunny and Kendall very, I, very conveniently broke up because I, now there's something to talk about. I did want to touch on <clears throat> the Rao Alejandro shenanigans happening uh, at Club Saturno because. <gasps> oh my God. Baby, I am loving single Rao. Why was that dick rock hard? Girl, I don't know, but. To be, he he kissed a fan too. After that, he he was bricked up like crazy. That one video, it was the first one that came out. It was that girl with the curly hair, and she was like perreando on him, and he was like leaning back. And if you look at it from like a his dick is erect. He is so the 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 ass is assing, and you can see the dick like bouncing hard, crazy. Oh my god, honestly. I never took sides in the Rao and Rosalia relationship. If anything, I felt like they, I honestly, from the bottom of my heart, feel like they weren't meant for each other. And the reason for this was because, to me, it felt like Rao was trying too hard Mm. to keep up with Rosalia's rock star alternative fame and recognition. He was dressing differently. I get that this whole Saturno thing, we've said on the podcast, Playa Saturno is better than Saturno because it feels more genuine. Yes. Even in even in the opening in the opening song of, of Playa Saturno, you can tell that he's like free. Like he's free of whatever concept he was trying to force himself into. So when they broke up, I was shocked because they were engaged. I honestly don't think that he cheated because the man 
literally was in love with her. I honestly, you, this is such a huge thing that I feel like has played out exactly how I thought it would. Because now Rosalia is dating someone who is really matching her raw energy. There is No, a, I don't agree, but go on. What? I don't like him for her. First of all, it's not about, it's not about whether you like him or not. It's about his the, energy. It's about the energy. This man is dirty white greasy got dirty ass fingernails white smoking white tea jeans boots smoking marlboro reds in the street looking crazy as fuck buff there is a rawness to him no my theory there is a rawness to him that rosalia wanted and went after and when i tell you that unfortunately and we we love rao for who he is but his look and his his essence is much more curated, is much more specifically sexier. He has a way about him that is very different from the Jeremy. I forget his Jeremy White. Jeremy Allen White. Jeremy White. His look and aesthetic is very different. It's a different type of sexiness. It's curated. It's it's precise. It's manicured. He's it's an manicured. actor. It's manicured. He's an actor. Jeremy, it all boils down to he's an actor. Jeremy Allen White is a is a raw energy. Whatever, whatever, whatever and kind I think, of energy they put out, and they probably fucking raw. And I'm telling you, <laughs> we would hope. We would hope. What I'm trying to tell you is that I think Rosalia wanted someone that didn't have to try hard. I don't and, even and, think. And, and, and honestly. I think Rosalia wanted someone that didn't want to give a fuck about him. No, I don't even think she looked for him, bro. I feel like when you're that caliber of a woman in life, you're like, okay, I'm heartbroken a little bit. I've been with this man for like three years. Let me open my DMs. Oh, my God. The man that I had a crush on who was on Shameless for 10 years, literally... Like it for me, it would have been like if the guy from Breaking Bad were in my DMs. What's his name? The white, the Pinkman. If Jesse, Jesse Pinkman. Pinkman were in my in DMs, and I were newly single, I'd be like, "Fuck it, we ball. We gonna see what these white men are about." And I also what kind think, of dick they slanging. And I also always knew that Rosalia was meant to be with either a businessman, an actor, somebody outside of the music industry. Like I don't see her dating. Any other singer, any other rapper or reggaetonero, I always felt like she needed somebody who was going to compliment her. And I feel like her and Rao were too much of like twin flames, perhaps. She needed okay. she needed somebody or want she needs to be with somebody who's going to inspire her to make new music. This man, Jeremy Allen White, probably has a whole plethora of different interests. Plethora of dick. Plethora of dick, plethora of interests that she doesn't know about. Like, he's probably talking to her about theory, like actor theory. You know what I mean? Something that she doesn't know about. And I think that intrigues her. She wants to, like, feed off of that. Like, ooh, what books are you reading about acting Mm -hmm. theory? What are you listening to? What are you listening to? How do you you get into character? You know, I feel like she's in her, yeah, she's in a whole new era. Good for her. Whatever. But who's winning? (laughs) <laughs> Rao baby yeah Rao was winning because he got all these bad bitches lusting but did you see what happened with bad gal no but before we get into that I just want to say too I honestly feel also I agree with you I want to say that I think that Rao Alejandro is winning on top of that because I think a lot of people um also see a lot of women who are his fans also see that he is in his truest form right now the flavor 
Oh my God, it's, it's so real. Like He is being true to who he wants to be. And that's why they love Blas Saturno. That's why he's so popular right now because they see that he is who he is supposed to be, not someone he's trying hard to be. Exactly. Not some kind of alien spaceship man. What the, some <laughs> astronaut. No, he is the, the. Baby, touch grass. He is the. Ro- touch grass. He is the romantic. Yes. That, oh, he has, he, you know, and I'm going to, I want to give Rao his flowers. Like he really, like you listen to the opening track on Playa Saturno. He does an amazing job of being able to mix Mix perreo with like beautiful moments of song, of like melody. of like of melody and 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 of and of deepness to him, and it feels like he has a voice to him that is able to hit certain notes or certain key phrases that that says something that that emotes a feeling of romance, but also seduction. Maybe this is a lesson to him that his future relationships, for the sake of his creative career cannot be so public and i think every celebrity goes through this like um carol g and anuel i feel like carol g learned a lesson with anuel like i get it i'm a celebrity but i need to keep some things to myself and i think when your main fan base are feral (laughs) thick latinas you can't be parading your girl around you you just can't you got to keep some things to yourself. So what happened with Bad Gal is the media misinterpreted what happened at El Choli. First of all, as as a Bad Gal stan, I just want to take a moment to say how proud I am of her because this is exactly what she's dreamed of. Mm-hmm. You know, performing in front of so many people. I think that there are still things that she needs to improve upon, like her her, her live performance I don't think is as engaging and fun as she thinks it is but that's whatever that's are, a whole, are you referring to like dancing or? yeah like dancing just her stage presence i don't think that her live show is as engaging as she thinks it is i think there's a lot of growth to come there but that's a whole other conversation mm-hmm. i'm very proud of her for being invited and being in these spaces like that's yeah. really big for her um but the, the media was basically judging rao for for being like Yo quería perrear con bad girl, but I don't know. She's a little shy tonight. And then she was like, no, 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 no. She's like, I came here to sing my songs and that's what I'm going to do. There's a lot of beautiful women here tonight that you can you can perrear with. So all of bad girl's fans were like, oh, my God, that was so crazy. Like, he needs to calm down. Like, look at the way that she's dancing and then when she has to stop dancing when he gets near her like i think they were reading too much into it and she had to she put out a statement on her story and she was like i'm back home in spain and i just want y'all to know like i had a great time rao is my co-worker my colleague per per and you guys are taking it all out of proportion like i went there to have a good time and perform like we're friends like there's no like crazy there's no there, beef there's no, or weirdness. There's no yeah. beef or weirdness. And and a side note, it's not like she was doing anything for Rosalia because baby Rosalia and Bagia are not friends. They're not in the same lane. She has come out and said, like, I'm not close friends with Rosalia, but we have a mutual respect, right? Everybody wants the collab. But whatever. I think that people were just taking out of proportion when they really should have just, like, celebrated the fact that she was able to perform not only Chulo, she performed Sora with with Rao, <gasps> oh, and then she so she good. did Fiebre, 
And then wow. she did Fiebre in front of all those people who probably have never heard Fiebre. So I'm here for Rao single era. And I doubled down on that. And you know what? If Rosalia wants to smoke a fucking cigarette, leave the woman alone. Like, she's an artist. Like, which artist doesn't smoke a drunk cigarette? Or, like, if your boyfriend <clears throat> or the guy you're dating at the time smokes cigarettes, you're not going to stay in the bar by yourself. You're going to go outside with your man. It's so insane to me to think about being a celebrity in, in going through some kind of breakup because... Breaking up, like, getting in a relationship and breaking up is the most human thing in the whole world. And to be in a relationship for a long time and to think about what else is out there, to be curious, to go through relationship trials and tribulations, it's the most human thing ever. And I cannot imagine, like, I think about everything that I went through in my breakup and getting back together and seeing other people in the past two years. And I truly cannot imagine having that put on worldwide news instagram that's insane to me and i would i would want nothing more than for someone to be like just, just leave her the fuck alone she's going through leave it Brittany alone. she's doing what she feels is right for her in that moment is she hurting anyone maybe maybe she's hurting Rao. but that's what happens in relationships people get hurt and we have to understand and that and ab- accept that. Think about it, you guys. Like, do we want a new Conti Rosalia album? Yeah. yeah. So the bitch has to go out and live <laughs> and experience things. No, for real. For real. I actually have a lot of regret about not seeing Rosalia in concert for Motomami. Because we will never get Motomami again. We may not have that album again. But going forward at any world tour that she does... She's going to perform stuff from Motomami and she's going to reimagine it. So there are a lot of Rosalia haters out there, but not here. Not here. I, I respect the work that she does because she's so involved in it. It's not like someone is in her ear telling her what to do, what to write, what to sound like. She's, you know, I don't know about that Bjork collab i I didn't fully listen to it i wasn't a big fan i i wasn't a fan of it great we're saving the fish in in the seas it was a charity song but who knows what her sound will, will be like in 2024 like i don't think that i don't think that um it'll be so different like i think it'll still be somewhat rooted in latin music like no of course i'm just saying i i mean for me Seeing something like Motomami was kind of its first thing. Yeah. You know? And I think of Carol G. From at least least Latin music. From at least Latin music. And I think of Carol G's year. Dude, I don't know why, but like every time that I see a video of Carol G talking or like an interview, she's so humble. And the way that she's so emotional in her stadium shows, it always makes me emotional. Like I, I literally can't help but cry just from like how how grateful she is because she she's like 15 years into her career yeah and she it's literally her year finally i'm like really proud of her and i would actually really like to see carol g in concert because she's really been stepping it up like she got fit she's got a new man she's a dance girl she's a dance girly now her her styling is a lot better than it was and she not only dropped mañana Sara bonita but also like mañana she also dropped Mañana Será Bonito. but Bichota season. She also dropped Bichota season, which it's like, 
wow, you're giving us two sides, mm-hmm. two back-to-back albums mm-hmm. that are that live in their own realm beautifully with each other. She's like my cousin that I'm like so proud of for for getting to where she's at. I like, remember seeing her yeah. when she did the the song for the Barbie movie and when she showed up. Remember on the podcast? She so gorgeous. We were like, oh my God, Latina Barbie. She and I remember so and I'm getting good. chills because that was a huge thing. It's like, oh my God, Carol G making the Barbie song. She won. She literally won best like urban Latin album. And she got on stage and she started crying and she's like, dude, the fact that best Latin like urban album goes to a woman. She's like, that's crazy. And that Ra, is crazy. And Ra was sitting there like, mm, baby, Saturno, why I wasn't going to win that? No, no, Saturno does not have a chance. <laughs> it, it, I mean, I, a hundred percent, Carol G deserves her flowers and then some. Like, even her show she puts on, so good. She contains her VMA performance. Multitude. Her VMA performance. She, I mean, like, she does R&B. She does slow romantic reggaeton. She does Doscientos Copas. What is that? She does Mexican regional. Me- like, regional. Yeah. And then she does Perreo. Like, this girl does it all. Uh, I love Carol G. You know, it's funny. You reminded me of something we were talking about earlier um, about being very gracious <clears throat> with where they've gotten to and like their fans. And it reminds me a lot of what we were talking about earlier with being fans with like Lady Gaga and how much I think it's very endearing. You know, obviously we don't on the podcast. I feel like I've been um, a little judgmental of like Doja Cat when she went through her period of um being anti-fan and you know like kind of like go fuck yourself if you don't agree with me whatever the case may be and i realize you know that i've been a little harsh on her but you have to understand that like i feel like we grew up in an era and also see reggaetoneras like carol g or like lady gaga who were two true fans of they are so gracious with their fans so present so so giving and so complimentary like they are like i love you i'm happy you're here you all look so beautiful thank you deeply from the bottom of my heart for supporting me from day one makes me want to cry if you knew where i was coming from you would know how much this means to me and that says so much it even it gives even more of an effect of an emotional affect to what they're doing it's like wow i want to support her even more it's humanity bro I think where Doja Cat is lacking is, I don't even know, because that bitch has always been weird. She's always been quirky. She's been funny since she got in the game. Like, come on, like, her debut hit was like, bitch, I'm a cow, moo. Like, I feel like she's at a point of her career where she wants to be respected and is searching for a different type of notoriety that she feels like she needs to lash out or I don't even know what that's like. I'm not going to act like I know. Like, and this is not somebody t- buys me a shot and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm famous. <laughs> like, this is not that's nothing like what we're going through. And we're not we're not here to take away her art by any means. We acknowledge that Doja Cat is talented and artistic in her own way. What what I think what I'm trying to to, to come across is that, like, it's very endearing and 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 and, and pulls in me more to support artists Mm -hmm. who are so aware of their journey yeah and i don't think she's i don't know what she's going through i don't know i'm not a doja i'm not i'm not a kitty cat or whatever all that i know is that 
she turned down Cowgirl from Nicki Minaj, which I'm a Barb and we know that. But that song on Pink Friday too, when you listen to it, you guys, it's like it's like Pop Nika. It really is Pop Nika. And I'm happy for Lourdes, who ended up being the featured artist on there. She killed it. Honest and she's a Latina. So we love her. We love Lourdes. But when I found out that Doja Cat was the person who turned down How did you find that out? Twitter. Oh. She turned down to be on the song and I was and, and then they asked her like why did you turn it down I don't really think that Nikki likes me oh you should never admit to that or say that in press why would you say girl that? what are you doing like if Nikki didn't like you do you think that she would have jumped on say so you really have to trust people's actions why would you think that that's insane if that the is queen your- if the queen the queen of rap is coming to you and saying babe I really think you would slay on this. And you're like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't Actually, know. you don't. I like think me. she got nervous. Actually, you don't like me. Like, where is it? Why would you ever like? And that's why I asked you because yeah. you, you you went to go see Doja Cat recently. And I asked you if she because she does this thing in her in her show where she thanks Nikki. So I did not catch that. And uh, maybe she didn't. Do I, I only say that only because. I didn't know that, and perhaps I didn't like catch it as I was watching it. But um, I will say that just as a way of talking about Doja Cat, since we're on the subject, is like she did a great performance. One thing that I remember, I don't think I told you this, one thing that I remember that she did was that she got on stage and she was like sitting on um, a stool in front of a microphone and she was like almost... um doing stand-up comedy and she was talking and she goes she's like right i'm a rapper and you guys aren't all paid actors to believe that i'm a rapper look i can rap and then she did like this off the dome type freestyle but it didn't feel like that it felt planned and i thought that was very odd it was very random um and so in that sense, I was like, okay, is that the only interaction she'll have with us tonight? Um, so that was that was odd, but I don't remember the Nick thinking Nikki portion at all. Um, but she honestly, other than that, no shade, no tea. She put on a great show. She has a ginormous ass. She's so beautiful. She's very talented. She hit every note. I mean, I've, I've seen her live. I went to the Jingle Ball in 2022. And she gave me her drumstick. Really? Did I tell you I was front row? No. Yeah, she gave me her drumstick. She's a great performer. Like, I just, I don't know. She's I don't so, know. She's I don't so know. gorgeous. I don't know. She's so gorgeous. All the songs that she did were exactly what we all wanted to hear. And she stayed true to herself. And one thing I liked about her show, too, was that she broke it up into acts. So she had act one through five. And she had each act like um signifying an era in her music so she had like demons paint the town red and other songs that match that vibe and one act and then other other things but the only random thing that i found was the stand-up comedy moment she's she's just like that but anyway anyway yeah let's talk about doja cat but um daddy yankee (laughs) really quickly 
Um, speaking of speaking of literally turning pages, he's a new new. He he's found Christ, which is not the weird thing. Oh wait, just as a way to say, we're reaching like an hour and twenty minutes. That's fine. Okay, this cool. is the end of the year episode, baby. Okay, listen, him finding Christ is not my issue. The issue you brought up was that he was preaching about it which which yeah. is weird and then what i found funny was he reconciled yet again with don omar so he was like you know they deaded the beef yet again it's, and i'm it's, like it's giving, it's giving convenient because don omar is going on tour it's giving like oh are you gonna say it's because of god or this was already done like you're not gonna give thanks to god for deading this beef or to like for him to be like i thank god for the way that i've been able to look past our 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 issues whatever the case may be it's like really because y'all been looked past these issues a long time ago i I, it was for me to bring up what i said in a previous iteration of this of our takes is like I don't I don't care that that Daddy Yankee is Christian. As a matter of fact, that he will not be the last. We will see many more Puerto Rican reggaeton acts that will come forward and be Christ not even Christian but also Christ-like and they will come forward and and claim God as their savior, whatever the case may be. But for him to get on stage at El Choli to get in front of all those people and start preaching You've really crossed a weird new path that I don't agree with. It's, it's I don't know other another way to say it other than preachy. It comes across as cloying, as 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 a little desperate. It's just, just make make just make your Christian Christian reggaeton songs. Just make them, put them, put them out. And if I want to listen to them, I'll listen to them. The fact that you're, you feel like this is your Christian duty. To, to preach to people is a little much. Yeah. It, it's too much. <clears throat> yeah. And I, I just found the the Instagram comment exchange between him and Don Omar to be funny. When I think about how Daddy Yankee wasn't even checking for Don Omar. He literally went on an interview and was like, you thought that Don Omar was my competition? Absolutely not. And he's like, no, baby. We see Yandel. We're always my competition. Okay. Which, and he's right. I mean, yeah, but also, like, what is the point of saying that? The point of saying that is, like... Not you saying that, but him saying that. No, the point of that Daddy Yankee saying that is, like, he's clearing it up. Because everyone thought they had this huge rivalry. But So the fact that he was like, baby, I I wasn't even checking for the Nomad because he knew that he was the best soloist. But that's that's not clearing it up. That's a sliding. That's not clearing it up. That's him being like, why would I check for him? He ain't even on my level. <laughs> Fuck him. He... I, actually, I'm checking for someone else. That's, that's Honestly, not... that's kind of iconic. That's a slide. That, that's iconic. And so whatever. Maybe that's they did. Maybe they. Yeah, that was actually. Yeah, that was a read. That was a read. But I feel like that was that's really accurate. Because when you think about Don Omar, I'm sorry for any hardcore fans out there. Other than his classic songs and Podemos Repetirlo. <laughs> Crickets, literally. Per. Per. Because we see Neandel was like hit after hit after hit after hit for decades. But that's neither here nor there. You know, I'm over it. There's really not much to talk about the reggaeton scene. In terms of Nao Perreo, 
I I don't know, like these girlies that are coming up, like MJ Nebretta, I I'm trying to see if she's like a one-hit wonder, two-hit wonder, or if she's going to have longevity like Isabella Love Story. There's this one uh, lesbian girl in Mexico, her name's Chester, who I really love, and I think she's going to come up in 2024. Um, I'm excited for more experimental shit to come out. Tomasa hasn't really been hitting lately. Uh, I don't know. Could the next girly be me? new single coming out february 16th tell them that tell them the exclusive because you know on this podcast if you care about us you care about what we share about and um you know you care about the 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 secret the secrets that are coming so i'm a little tipsy i'm a little tipsy right now so I, i'm gonna talk my shit okay so i i don't know i feel like the scene is missing some something fresh i think the scene is craving Algo real. Algo real, pero también como algo, something Mexican-American, something first generation. Like, we have a lot of reggaeton de la mata, you know, reggaeton being made in Puerto Rico. But also, we have Neo Perreo by the South American Queens. We have this, like, emo core coming out with, um, like, Pokemon Akerosena, like that song. But, like, Holy Rare. But I don't know. I think we need. I think we need some American. I want a city girl because I, you need a city girl. But also, like Gunichonga is West Coast, right? Gunichonga is East Coast because that's Miami. Oh, but she's in LA. What? She she's based in LA, babe. You a lie? No, she's based in LA because she claims Miami. Well, she's from Miami, but she's Cuban. She's from Miami, but she is very LA culture. Anyway, I'm side eyeing that real hard right now. If you cannot see me, but but she is, she is, and so all I'm trying to say, I'm talking my shit. I'm just saying like, what Neil Perel girlie, you know, that's from the Midwest. Nobody, and it's me, it's me. Karen, la reggaetonera de Chicago. Okay, tu miche mami. And February 16th, I'm dropping my debut single. It's called La Ideal, 90 BPM, baby. And you guys are just gonna get to know me. They get to know me in a new way. I'm punny. I write my own raps. I'm funny. I'm cunty. So I'm looking forward to that in 2024 to transition to that part of our episode. You know what's funny? I'm is, really looking forward to that. You know what's funny is that knowing Garen so well now to this point, like Karen really is my bestie in, you know, yep. every aspect of the way. But it's like so, I it's, tell this bitch when I have diarrhea. <laughs> yeah. Like, hello? <laughs> We hello. <laughs> we share everything together, and it's very interesting to me to see people very. Um, uh, what's the word? It's very interesting to see people so at times intimidated by Karen. So intimidated, and to feel like she is kind of, you know, feel nervous to talk to her, or she is some kind of way where she is like not talkative to you or or whatever the case would be like cold or intimidating or 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 untouchable you know because she comes to the gig and she's dressed the nines <laughs> and maybe at some point you're like oh she's abc no. but it's funny knowing her like she's 
really funny. Like, like you know on the inside, like, she's I may be... funny and yeah. weird and goofy. <laughs> and, and I think that in seeing her perform, you will notice... In her, in, in her performance in her songs, you'll notice, like, a new way of Karen that feels not only, like, goofy and whimsical and her in a new way and more accessible, but also, like, it feels... Yeah, and that word, like, more accessible, more... I feel like I have these punchlines, and I was literally rapping you something that yeah, like, I made like up more today. More vulnerable, Yeah, and it's vulnerable, but because you never know, like, what people are going to think about it. But I, I'm just excited f- to be that person in the Midwest that there's no one here. Like, there are a lot of Chicago people that are making reggaeton, but there are not a lot of people who make it like me. And That's like that, my producers who I've worked with, you know, Julio, Edwin said, like they they've seen it in the flesh. Like I may not have that passion to be a rapper, but my passion goes beyond that, baby. Like think bigger. Like I'm thinking bigger picture. Like I'm trying to be the Neo Perreo queen of the Midwest because there isn't one. You're trying to be. Not necessarily an icon just yet, because that will come in time. Like I, icon level comes in time, but I feel like you're trying to be a standard and reach a certain recognition of never having been someone like there this before. Are, and there are producers that won't work with me. Like there are producers who are like, "But who are you? Like you don't have any music out. Like why would I?" waste my time you're gonna wish you had some right like why waste my time like working with you and i don't give a fuck i'm gonna say names like um dj precioso didn't want to work with me be- even though he's really good at doing like the auto-tune Perreo thing in mexico city and he didn't want to work with me and that's fine like i respect i respect that because i don't have receipts to like pull up like i'm just a dj um, so I'm very thankful for the people who like do want to work with me and like are open to to the vision. So 2024, February 16th, I'm putting out a song. I'm putting out a music video. I'm putting out a teaser. It's like, a video? yeah, I think I think we should go all out. Like, why not? That's that's my like. That's what I'm looking forward to for sure. What about you? That's a loaded question. That's a lot that came at me. Just now. <laughs> um, 2024. What am I looking forward to for 2024? Um, my goals are not as specific as, as yours. I don't have a single to release, nor my, nor is that my path in life. Um, and I look forward to being part of your path in life because I get to enjoy it with you and alongside you. But for me, honestly, it's just more self recognition. I honestly, not to be, um, emotional on this podcast a little bit, but oh, no. I really. <laughs> I really just want to be someone who, if you know me, I am someone who is very easily kind of like walked all over and at times easily taken advantage of. And, you know, I'm not the most, as even though I come across a certain way, I'm not the most confident person and not to be a certain kind of way. But I hope in 2024, I become more of a bitch. Like I really want to put forth my feelings above other people's for once and I don't want to feel afraid to turn people down I don't want to feel afraid to make people feel uncomfortable with what I have to say or how I feel 
I really do want to hold my own as someone who does value their place in the scene and does value their presence and does value sorry. what they offer. Oh, sorry, not to cut you off, but I agree with everything you're saying, but I, I, this is something that I want to say to everyone listening. Not only should you be realizing your value, I think that's very important, but I think being your senior, ah, I feel like people need to put respect on your name because some of the stories that you've told me recently, I and not to be this way, but when it when it comes to receipts, when it comes to success, like you yes, I hope you become more of a bitch and I feel like I've influenced you to be more of a bitch or more bold because these people need to stop playing with you. Like like people need to put respect on your name. Like you came from nothing and now you're something and not only are you something but you're doing an amazing thing for the community and you're performing in different venues, like really big venues. You have haters, like you have people come to see you. Like the fact that like you go to a gig and like people are like the only reason that I came to this fucking place is because I wanted to see Jenny Fox. That's so huge. So I I hope that in 2024, what I hope for you is that you you stand on business and you're like, no, baby, I will not be taking your weird night on a Wednesday. Honey, do you know who I am? Do you know who I am? I'm Jenny Fox, creator of Eden, creator of Globe Daughter, creator of Sonido Asesina, beloved radio, bitch. Even you now, better give me a fucking Saturday night. <laughs> Sorry to cut you off. No, you, I mean, like, even now that you're saying that, I feel like shy baby girl. And I, I have to stop that. Like, the only... I'm reminded time and time again through so many experiences in life, unfor- unfortunately or fortunately, the hover way you look at it. I'm sorry, I'm very tipsy right now. <laughs> However you look at it, the women that get ahead in life are fucking bitches. And I admire that. They're and, and not in the not in a bitch in the way that a man would call a woman a bitch, but a bitch in the way that she stands on business. She does not. She knows her worth and she and she expresses that and puts that in daily life. And that's what I want to do. <clears throat> and not even just and not even in DJing, yes. That's that's priority. Right? DJing, yes. But also in my relationships, in my interpersonal relationships, in how I deal with myself when I see myself in the mirror every morning. Like, that's how I want to feel about myself. And a big thing for me in 2024 is knowing what I've done in the last year and a half and knowing, like, no, I'm actually really that bitch. Exactly. Like... Why would I ever doubt myself? I'm a main character. Exactly. Because I know that I am and I have no reason to doubt that. Exactly. And <clears throat> oh, I love I, this for you. I wish that upon anyone who's listening is to know that like like when you listen to me, you're listening to someone who does struggle with that and will always struggle with that unfortunately, but to know that I'm alongside you and I wish that same kind of confidence and self-awareness upon you as well. Because I'm also reaching that. I'm so proud of myself, for example. Like, DJ Iggy reached out to me, and he booked me for some, like, Jose Cuervo event. But I'm so proud of myself for, in the DM exchange, being like, oh, I'm, I'm interested in this. I'm, I'm free that night. What's the budget? Period. What's the budget? Because you need to start doing that. We, I need to start doing that and being more 
ballsy to do that because again knowing your worth like you're not gonna play an hour and a half for a hundred doll hairs you're just not no and it's no and i'm 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 laughing and sometimes and no i'm lacking in that too because i do this full time so will i compromise sometimes for for a hundred bucks yes i will because that's that's my livelihood that's why i need to pay a bill i need to pay a bill i need to buy groceries but i think we need to start acting like we don't need that money in order to have better things come our way because they need to stop playing in our faces. Like, I'm sorry. I'm not going to name names, but, like, if you're going to have me open your party at the Giant Penty Whistle and you're o- for an hour and a half and you're going to pay me $100, like, it, it, it's not that the club is not paying you. You're pocketing more money than you're paying your guest. And that has never been my M.O., never 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 and that goes back to twisted days like if i have a guest i'm paying them at least half of what i make or more if i can i know that you do that as well that goes that goes back to eden and also when i played at metro when i when i would make i would pay everyone out bare like the base pay whatever they wanted you got it on top of that i'm tipping you on on top on top of that of whatever i'm making because because I would not be here without all of your names on this bill, too. And, and to I, and, I and to quote you from an earlier episode on this year was like, there's no one doing it like us, you know, like who can who can play here and then like do an underground raid like no, not no one like Jenny Fox and, and Karenoid. And that's not coming from from cockiness or or ego that's just the way that it is like you can come to a set and you can live it in real life and 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 you can see that it's just something that i will never do is number one beg for a gig because i know that i'm worth the gig i want my eggs cracked meaning i want a child i want my name dropped meaning i want to be married no but you know and i'm not gonna beg for a gig and I'm not going to complain online about not getting a gig. Because you know what? There's somebody out there that's saving up to be able to pay us. So, I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. I'm fucking tipsy, but. No, I completely agree with you. I um, It's something that I really do struggle with. <clears throat> so, but that's yet, one of your but goals. But yet, on, on, the, uh, on the flip side, you know, I'm also like. No, you're you're right. I do stand on, I do stand on business about what I mean when I say there's no one else doing it like us. Like no one's crossing borders from twisted to hidden the way that we are to Mexico City, you know. And so that's something that I have to like take into mind in the future too. Um, another big thing, not resolutions. Big thing, resolutions. I mean, like you know, I want to get into shape. I really do love weightlifting. If you don't know that about me, mm-hmm. I do like weightlifting. Um, I enjoy it, and I want to get really super strong and buff in the new year. I enjoy that. Um, and I honestly would love to not only bring Eden to a new height in the way that I wasn't able to in twenty twenty three. But I also would love if someone would be interested in booking me out of town. I think that yes. I, I would love for, you know, and, you know, shout out to people who have come up to us, both Karen and I, in, in, in person and said, wow, we love your podcast or we love your music. I'm from Amsterdam, which is what, you know, shout out to this, I think DJ Miel from Amsterdam who reached out to us. I love your podcast or 
you know, fans. I don't want to say fans, but people who really enjoy fans. fans. Yeah. You know, fans who come up to us and they say, we love what you do. We come out just to see you. And I would love to see that translated into something that would bring me to a new, um, uh, a new a audience, place, a new audience in a new way. What do you think is keeping us from that? Like, what do you think that we can do in 2024 to get people in Portland, in Montreal, in in Houston to book us? Um, not only networking, but I also think online presence. I think a lot of what maybe what we're missing is online presence. And, you know, we do, you know, make our dues with what we're doing now and on our and on our personal. Um, but, you know, it's online presence. I feel like 2024, like. <coughs> Sorry, I'm just getting over a cold. I feel like in 2024. I feel like in 2024, I don't really think that hypersexual is the way to go. No. I think that's out. I, no, I do. I, and, and, I, and I... You think tacky is in. No, I, I mean, yes, I did put on my... If you follow me on Twitter, I did say tacky looks and tacky makeup are in because I think gaudiness is in. I think a way of just like letting it all hang out is in. Like this way of calculated sexiness and manicured sexiness is just not it anymore. No one wants to be clean girl aesthetic. No one wants to pretend to have have it all together. No one wants to pretend to be sexy, big boobs, big butt, small waist, you know, in the gym every single day. <laughs> you know, no one no one is like that unless you're trying to have an audience for that. So I really do think that in 2024, at least I hope what the case is, is that <clears throat> people are um, letting it all hang out. And if that means like, Doing the cool 2016 big ass brows, big, big eyeshadow makeup look you want to do, do it. You want to look crazy? You want to, you want to do 90s, 80s, 70s? You want to do mid 2000s? Fucking do it. Like, I think that there is a new era coming in where this precise influencer sexiness is going to be deaded on arrival. D-O-A, baby, because... Not only is Instagram, unfortunately, a dying art, but all those influencers with it are going to die too. 2,000 years later. So to wrap things up, uh, we just took a delicious break. Not only a potty break, but an eating break. <laughs> 2023 has been full of blessings. And I'm really grateful for this year. I mean, do you remember that episode we did where we were like crying? Um talking about wait do you remember we were like crying i'm gonna cut you off because i remembered something and it sounds so long ago like what it just seems like we were at on live at denny's the other day when we were doing the bad bunny shows in the winter time that was literally like february yesterday that was march (coughs) that was like last week that feels closer to me in time than summer does Really? Yes. Like that feels closer to you in time than sueños. We talked about sueños a lot on this podcast. Well, yeah, that's our Super Bowl. That's normal. Well, 
I feel like we've come a long way from crying on this podcast about which ones we were crying. We were crying about like relationships. It was Aquarius season, Ooh. and we were like crying. Are you looking up the old episodes? No, I'm going live. <laughs> Before Hello. I was rudely interrupted by me spilling a glass. So you were self rudely interrupted. Yes, continue. I don't remember. Oh, um, we we've come a long way. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think that was the general point. We were crying on a podcast earlier. We've come a long way. And and with that, happy new year. Merry Christmas to all who celebrate. We're pushing like two hours, but thank you so much to all our listeners. And, you know, we hope to make this podcast better in the new year. A better recording situation. Better sound. Guests. You know, I know we were talking about that all year, but I think... We can swing buying another microphone for a guest. I think yeah. that between the both of us, we can do that. Um, and thank you so much for, for loving reggaeton in all of its iterations amongst its many tumultuous eras. Yeah. This year has been pretty crazy for the scene. And if you live in the Midwest, come to one of our events. New Year's Eve, we'll, we'll be, we will be going back to back at boots in logan square and so much more to come into the new year if you if you tagged us in your rap your spotify wrapped that's fucking dope so thank, thank you. you for shouting us out and listening to to, us. to the fans who came to yeah. globe daughter oh my god thank shout you out so Sol. much big shout out soul um for coming through and just being so kind and endearing and saying you know how much you enjoy our music and our content so thank you to soul and all the others who we've met along the way that were just so kind so really huge shout out to you and we look forward to making you proud yes and long live reggaeton and with that we close it out have a great rest of your year guys bye Radio Perris.